Welcome to the Lex City Church Podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Lex City, please visit LexCity.Church. <laughs> These Doritos actually are pretty good. You know, team, I'm pretty excited that our services is finally being sponsored by somebody, but the problem with those Doritos is they're, they're so messy and they're all over my notes, but uh, I think we'll figure it out as we go. Hey, welcome. They're really pretty good. Welcome to week three of uh, Mixtape, and this morning we're, we're dealing with a series on connecting and reconnecting, all right? We know the challenge of any relationship that's had any distance of time, we start out as soulmates, and through just circumstances or sometimes a slow fade, we end up simply being roommates. That feeling like, where have we started and how did we get here? We see in the Bible, in the book of Song of Solomon, that Solomon's wife was feeling this very same thing. If you go back to Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, she says this. She says, catch the foxes for us the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. And I love that little last phrase, right? Our vineyards are in blossom. In other words, everything looks great on the outside. We're showing up to church. We're sitting next together. We're smiling at everybody. How'd you week? Oh, it's, it's great. But we know inside we've moved from soulmates to roommates, even emotionally. And it's so interesting that it's Solomon's wife who points this out. And, and, and women, I think God has given you just an, an innate instinct to know. You tend to know when the relationship is drifting so many times before us as men do. And this is the context of the book of Song of Solomon there. And so she looks out and she says, listen, everything looks great. The vineyard's in blossom, but I'm sensing a shift, a drift. And out of the corner of her eye, she catches this little furry 15 inch little burrowy fox running around the vineyard. And and you'd look and say, oh, isn't that cute? It's just a little fox. It's not that big of a deal. Oh, it's just a little thing. What possibly problems could that happen and could he cause? But this is what we know in the context of little foxes and vineyards, right? Little foxes would love to come to the, the base of the vineyard and they begin to dig. And when they dig at the root and the very main stem of the the vines that are out there, the problem is it begins to erode the the root system and make it unstable. Now, you don't notice at first that there's some erosion happening in the, the strong root system until there's a storm or until there's a drought. And then the evidence that these little foxes have been in your vineyard all of a sudden begin to appear in the health of the plant. You can catch the correlation. The same is true in marriage so many times, right? It's... It's the little foxes, the things that don't seem like that big of a deal. Oh, I, it's, I won't worry about that part. But they begin to erode away at the foundation. And you don't notice it right away, but when a storm comes, when a difficult season happens, when some circumstance comes in your life, all of a sudden those things begin to reveal the health of where you are and you begin to realize, whew, we once were soulmates. And now we feel a little bit more like roommates. Well, today, as we kind of dig into that topic, uh, we're blessed. I've asked three couples to come join us. So guys, thanks for coming today. And uh, really have a conversation with us about what that looks like in, in real life and real relationships when we begin to take a little bit of that subtle but very slow fade away from one another. So before we jump in, why don't you take a moment, introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about your families. Josh, we'll start with you, brother. 
Hey, I'm Josh. This is my wife, Sierra. We have uh, been going here for a few years. We've got three awesome kids, 10, 7, and 5. I think that's right. We've been married 14 years. Um, both musicians love music. That's kind of what brought us together. So that's a little bit about us. We're Bob and Debbie Remfer. He's Bob. I'm Debbie. <laughs> we have been dating 43 years, married 40. We have three children that were uh, four years apart from first to last, so we understand stress. We have two children-in-law, three grandchildren, and another one on the way. And I'm Tom, and this is my wife, Jody. We have five kids um, that are all between 23 and 28 years old, and uh, two granddaughters and another grandbaby coming in about a month. Um, 2.9 granddaughters, and we've been coming here for, since we moved here, about eight years ago. And, um, yeah, is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, thanks for coming today, and, um, and you can appreciate it. Thanks for being willing to share a little bit of your life and your story and the vulnerability of that. And uh, our hope is today in this time that, that your heart will be encouraged, right? So many times when we're in a season of stress and tension in our relationships, it's easy to feel like, hey, we're the only ones, right? You come to a church and you look around, everybody else has got it together. We're the only ones struggling. And today we hope to remind you that we're all in this journey. And we're all in this journey of looking and identifying little foxes that could become big things in our relationships if we don't deal with them on the start end. So Josh, you and Sierra, your kind of relationship, uh, you know, as we talk about this idea of connecting and disconnecting and attempting to reconnect again, that's really been a lot of your story and a lot that has brought you to the point where you are now. And, and uh, I just love to watch your family and how you parent your kids and how you serve us and uh, the strength of who you are as a couple, but that came through a journey. And so I want to share just a little bit about that with us this morning. Hey, y'all. Grateful to be here. Um, I'm the type that's just going to dive in, so... Um, in what? I said no. <laughs> okay, he's got jokes this morning at second service, so it's fine. Um, in 2013, um, I asked for a divorce. Um, there had been two years dating and five years married um, where I went in and out of emotional affairs. And um, the worst one was the last one in 2013. It was about a year long. And I had been a coward and afraid to share with him. In fact, I sent him an email. Couldn't even talk to him about it. And um, I, I told him I was done. Uh, I felt there was no hope. I had believed up until this point that every lie that came into my mind, which I believed was truth, was, was my reality. I believed I was worth nothing um, and that uh, he was better off without me. So I was very much pushing him away because of the things that I had manifested in my mind for so long, they just became my reality. Um, you know, there's so much importance and worth when we ask Jesus to help us hold our thoughts, take our thoughts captive in the name of Jesus and make them obedient to him. Um, I didn't know that I could even do that or ask for that. So I was in what we call the blackout uh, phase of our marriage um, and um, just to give a little backstory, when I was four years old, I was abandoned um, by my birth mother, who I was incredibly bonded with. And um, as I was walking through some of the beginning healing stages of us coming out of this mess, I asked Jesus, I cried out, why have I brought this cycle through 
seven years of my life with Josh so far, like what is, what is why? I needed to know why, because I felt like it was irreparable. And um, God very clearly told me, um, it's amazing what, you do, what can happen when you ask for wisdom on something. Uh, he said, you, you started this cycle out of fear and anxiety because I was afraid um, that he would eventually leave me too because everybody, what I remembered and what had been etched in my heart was abandonment and rejection. So I expected him to be no different. But thankfully, God had a different story for us, and we got to start to rebuild um, from that point. And Josh, thanks for sharing that with us here. Josh, when you think about that moment, you know, as she's sharing some of these things, I think so many times the challenge is when, when one of the partners comes to the point of some brokenness, they want to mend it, and there's the vulnerability of that. The other one is so wounded. There's been this past deal that the walls have gone up for protection. How were you able to, to break down some of those walls? I think the challenge comes, like, even the willingness to say, like, I'm still in this thing. I want to keep working on it. What was the key for you to kind of even make yourself available? I think that uh, I just had to be willing and honest with myself to know that I'm not perfect as well. And, um, and just knowing that God had a vision for our marriage and still had it and that I could see that down the road and that was because God allowed me to see that. And then also not being, you know, having a pity party and going, hey, that it's, this happened to me and I'm better and because it's easy to, you know, play the holier than now. But I think that you have to be willing to go, well, what led us there? And yes, there was some things that she had from her past, but also there was some stuff in our marriage where we were disconnected and, and all you could do is try to learn from it and fight through it and it wasn't easy, and it took a long time. It, was no, it wasn't like a three-step, here you go, we're done, by the weekend we'll be good, we'll have a date night. Um, it took a long time, but, um, and there was times where she, you know, was ready to, to, you know, give up. Obviously, she said she asked for a divorce, and I was like, no, we're, we're going to power through this. You don't know really how to be loved, and I know God loves you that way, and so do I. Yeah. So. It's a great word I love about what you've shared. And the thing thing is so impressive as, as you guys have worked through this, Josh, what I love about your story is that you had the ability to see her pain even more so than your pain. You know, you had some, the woundedness that was here, but you saw in her, like there's just something deeper here and that compassion rose up to see beyond the actions to the heart that was there. Sierra, you mentioned a, a wonderful gift that Josh had in his forgiveness and even in the fact that later on, he doesn't bring things up. I want to share a little bit about that. Yeah, move, going forward, I mean, we've been on a, the last nine years of marriage have been fantastic. They've been filled with joy, lots of chaos with kids. But um, um, what was the question? I'm so sorry. How, no, that's right. <laughs> it was how has it been his forgiveness and even letting go of the past? How does that manifest itself even at times when you've had conflict even now? Oh, he never holds anything against me or brings up what happened to hang it over my head or to be like, well, you did this to me. Um, not once has he ever done that. And that has just blown my mind because yeah. I feel very undeserving of his heart and his heart for God mm -hmm. and the love that he gives our family. So, yes. I think that's such a powerful word. It speaks to the grace, mm -hmm. right? If you forgive, but you, you, you always have the ace in the hole at any argument I can bring back up. 
It's not the forgiveness that we need, you know. And so many times we've been together so long as couples, we, we know all the buttons to push and the hurts to go and so that the freedom of really leaving it at the foot of the cross both ways. Thanks for sharing that. Tom, your and Jody's journey uh, has looked a little bit different, but tell us a little bit about your journey, uh, even for you guys and connecting and, and how that's been working. Yeah, um, so Tom and I were both um, divorced and um, we both uh, had... Um, spouses who didn't really want to work on the marriage. And so, so we ended up divorced. He was a single dad. I was a single mom. And um, I was really so busy, uh, focused on my husband's uh, shortcomings that I never realized how many I had, um, my ex-husband. Um, uh, so I, I never realized how much healing I needed, but the Lord was really gracious um, during that time that we were both single parents um, to, to uh, walk me through some healing that I needed. I didn't know that I was carrying um, from a sexual abuse in my past that, I, that it really colored everything that I knew about love. And so that uh, I was bringing this into every relationship I'd had but about 2010, I was in a relationship with somebody, and it, it was even worse than what my marriage had been, and yet I was really fighting for, to try to keep this alive. Um, and through that, the Lord um, really brought me to, um, I, I actually lead a group called Beauty for Ashes here sometimes, and, and it was really that kind of healing that the Lord um, brought me through. Um, because I said, I just cried out. It's like, God, I've gone around this mountain. You promised me an abundant life. And here I am going around this mountain again and again. What is wrong with my man picker? Because <laughs> it was not working. <laughs> and so, so God in his graciousness really brought healing to me. It could, took a couple of years. Um, and then uh, lo and behold, uh, he brought Tom into my life. And, and actually, I'd known Tom before. At our church, uh, we had, uh, I'd uh, worked with his kids in Sunday school and used to talk to him at the door, but we had gone out one time and I actually thought he's too nice. And uh, I didn't realize then that that was, a, that was a big key that I needed healing if I actually thought somebody was too nice. Um, I thought I needed someone edgier. <laughs> so, so uh, God, like I said, God was really faithful and good to me. Um, but we ended up uh, seeing each other. I went back to Virginia uh, for my boss's uh, memorial service and ended up at the church. I, I saw Tom, and really it was a, a set of divine uh, coincidences. So, because if it had been one split second later, I wouldn't have seen him, and we wouldn't have connected, and he brought... Uh, uh, Tom to me, and we ended up talking. We went out for coffee, and we got married six months later. <laughs> and I love that about your story of just the reminder of, like even in that season of singleness, that you weren't just spending time waiting for something, if that was your desire, but it was like taking that opportunity in that season to let God really heal, right, and do some work and bring some things to the surface. and. That is the challenge, right? In that gap, we, sometimes if we jump from relationship to relationship, we just never give God time to, to do the work in our hearts and find that sufficiency in him. So thanks for sharing that. 
Tom, you're kind of like connecting family now and kids and, and uh, a few more variables. What, what were some of the keys and what did that look like? Um, <clears throat> right after the divorce and I found myself having three kids and full-time single dad, um, I was afraid to meet the right person at the wrong time. So I, I intentionally didn't date. I, did, I didn't know how I could do it. So um, poured myself into the kids. I didn't do it perfectly, but I was... They were my priority. Um, and then I guess it turned out to be seven, like the seven-year itch, but, but God, seven years later, after that drought season, which was really a time for me to find healing myself, ask questions, and, and uh, I think the key was I was not trying to figure it out by myself because I was partly responsible for how I got there. So I wanted to uh, branch out and get advice from more mature Christians and people that I looked up to that, that looked like they, they uh, had it together and, and had to be careful who I wanted to get advice from because there's a lot of great friends that can also lead down the wrong path. So, so I, I prayed for that. I had my own brother who was very instrumental and in, in keeping me on track. And, uh, and, and then Jody came along and, it, and it's been beautiful. Yeah. That is such profound insight is of choosing the right people, right, to, to lean into during those times, to hear advice from. We all have these great circle of friends that emotionally will tell us what we want to hear and convince us it's not us, you know, and, and all these things. But they have the wisdom to say, in this season, I've got to really seek out some honest self-reflection and growth. And the, the beauty of, of your guys' marriage and just the, the health that you have, the, your servant's heart to our church has just been a blessing and I think just a, a credit to the amount of work that you've allowed the Lord to do in your hearts, and so ah, grateful for you. Bob, you're in Debbie's stories. Uh, again, uniquely different as we got the chance to talk a little bit about these last weeks. You really talked about one of the keys was the foundation that you really began your life on and your marriage with being so critical during even challenging seasons when little foxes are around. Tell us a little bit about that and, and what that's meant to you. Uh, one of the things that really attracted me to my wife uh, early on was the fact that she didn't need me. Um, I'd had, I mean, I dated other girls that were like, ooh, I love you. And uh, all of a sudden there was this woman who knew God, loved God, uh, was passionate for the things of God and was perfectly happy being single. Uh, that was that was an amazing thing. Uh, I kind of came to the relationship the same way, only I was coming out of a background of real emotional dysfunction, uh, suicide uh, waiting to happen. So for me, once I committed out to Christ, um, it was all or nothing. And I think that that sense of foundation uh, began to really uh, blossom out through who we were. So as the you know, two young kids madly in love with each other started thinking about marriage, we looked at probably the two most prevalent symbols that you see at marriage, which is an altar and a cross. And uh, both of those are powerful symbols in terms of, uh, well, somebody innocent dies for somebody guilty. And I don't think that's an accident. I think we have to be intentional about the fact that uh, we marry people there. And as people considering marriage, um, we're asked to say better, worse, richer, poorer, sickness, health. Uh, there, there's a very strong sense at the foundation of every marriage that it's going to cost you, and it's going to cost you your life. 
And so when you can come to a point of trusting God with that, saying, yeah, I'm okay to face that uh, with my faith in you. And then when you find that in the eyes of somebody else, uh, that's a foundation that you're uh, really, really looking for. That's so good. That foundation centers you when struggles challenge, but life does happen. And as we think about even this last couple of years, the impact of COVID on so many families and especially business owners and uh, self-employed folks, that certainly has been a little bit of your story in this last uh, couple of years where things at this season of life you didn't see coming and now all of a sudden they have come and that creates the potential for disconnect uh, in a new and a fresh way. Share with us a little bit about what this last couple of years have looked like for you guys and, um, and how you've been able to, to battle through that. Um, last couple of years, we made the intentional decision to allow Debbie to step down from her position as a, an executive assistant to some fairly high-level people and uh, take up a job at the Methodist Children's Home. Uh, she just got into a place where... Uh, being the it girl uh, wasn't it anymore, and she wanted uh, more meaning and more contact, and she wanted to create change with her life. Uh, and I was the art director for a couple of magazines. Uh, they were award-winning magazines. Unfortunately, through various circumstances, those came to an end, and the business launch that I was in with another guy was due to roll out the day that the government closed the economy. Uh, so no money, no job no real prospects, um, it, was, it was a tough time. And so what I ended up doing was, you know, finding a job in the uh, essential services uh, and started throwing boxes in the middle of the night at Home Depot. Uh, and, you know, for a guy in his 60s to try to keep up with 20 and 30 year olds, is, uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a challenge. And uh, the worst challenge for us though, is that I get off at about 5.30 in the morning and I'm home by 6, 6.30, and she's out the door before 8 o'clock. And in the afternoon, she's home 5.36, and I'm out the door by about 8.30. And so the way that we work with those short pieces of time in, you know, the days that just seem to rinse and repeat is what's really critical. Debbie, what did that look like for you guys? So you have this schedule now that's just not conducive to connecting. How have you been able to manage that and figure out how to still keep that, that connection? It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, um, it reminds me in some ways of the days when we had toddlers. You know, we had three kids in four years or the days when we had teenagers. Um, there's just not time, time together. And there's no one else in the world I want to spend time with than Bob. So we have to be intentional. Um, I've got an alarm set at 6.30 in the morning for me to wake up, and I'm not a morning person. Bob hears the alarm goes off, and he knows what it means to him, and that's the time that we have set aside to cuddle or be frisky. <laughs> um, in the afternoon, when it's time to get off of work, I call and call home, and that's our time to be intentional to debrief. How was your night last night? I haven't seen him since his work shift. I can debrief and decompress about how my day was. But it's also time for us to be intentional about what we're thinking, what we're feeling. Are you tired? Do you want to just have eat in front of the TV, have dinner and a movie? Am I interested, but I'm really tired, but I need some help? You know, I mean, how, how we can intentionally work on our relationship. Yeah. So that's really been the key, isn't it? This season of just making it the priority 
right? It's that, even what we talked about a little last week, it's just mutual submission, one to another. This is what I can do, and this is what I can do just to help to be there and, and to be connected. Thanks for, for sharing that. I hope you hear from these guys this morning. One, right, it, it doesn't matter what season of life or in seasons of our marriage, we have these moments, and we have these times when connection comes easy, and then there's seasons where connection's gonna take some more intentional work and just desire to do that. But I wanna remind you today is, is just to help you be encouraged that you're not alone in this, right? You can come, especially like the church, you can come and look around, what, man, it seems like everybody's marriage just seems great and everybody seems so happy. And I asked how their week was, oh, I'm fine, I'm blessed. And you feel like you're the only one at times that's struggling. And today, I thank you, you guys for sharing your lives and your, in your heart with us a little bit to remind us we're all in this journey towards identifying and eliminating little foxes that really tear away at the foundation. Maybe just in closing, what would be just, you got any thoughts or just encouragement that you would give to somebody who's listening today and just feeling like, man, that's, I feel like we are no longer soulmates. I feel like I, we really have drifted to being roommates. Well, what hope would you give and maybe some words of encouragement? Work harder to keep your spouse than you did to catch them. Mm-hmm. And whether it's taking up his interest in, guns or motorcycles or him taking up my interest in Latin dancing or the Steelers. That's a good word. I would say just be, to their point, be intentional with your time and realize, especially if you have kids, there's not a lot of it. And even if it's an hour after they go to bed, you know, don't just zone out, but either have a conversation or zone out on a show that you both like and then also have really great date nights intentionally. We, a few weeks ago, got to go to a concert and it was, you know, we had to get the babysitter for an arm and a leg. It was snowing. It was that Friday night where it was like, don't drive. And we're like, we're going. (laughs) Uh, We drove through a snowstorm and got to this concert in Cincinnati and got a hotel and, you know, we, we, we will remember that for years to come, and you have to make those memories for you and work on your relationship so that you can be great for your kids. Because usually we come back and we miss them and we want to spend more time with them because we're at a better place even from, even if it's a three or four hour date night or, or any time spent together. Yeah, that's a great reminder. The most valuable gift, right, we can give our kids is to love your spouse. And we, we tend to think, oh, I just gotta care for the kids, care for the kids, and if we lose each other in the midst of it, we lose it all. So caring for one another in that. And like you said, I think returning to what was fun, right? There was something that created the spark that you all chose to get together in the first place. So what was that fun? And how do you go back and hit concerts in a snowstorm? I just wanted to add, being transparent is, was key for us, for our rebuild. Um, and going forward, it's, we are constantly, like, everything's out on the table. You know, we have healthy boundaries in place. But, I mean, it took so much work. And we're, you know... It will continue to, but it's so worth fighting for. Um, yeah. Now, if we get in arguments now, it's more we're, fight, we're mad because we don't get to spend that time together, yeah. you know, and then we can laugh about it an hour later, but it's, it's worth every, every ounce you put in. God will bless that. So, Have you found that's been a strength for you and your relationship? I mean, the more I'm vulnerable and the more he accepts me for who I truly am, the more Absolutely. I feel loved and I feel more comfortable to share again. Absolutely. It's taking that risk. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Joey, what are you yeah, I just wanted to say, take the time to work on yourself. Um, and 
I have to say, I had this, this passage um, that meant so much to me. I memorized it years and years ago. Um, I, bet I have to read it now. <laughs> but, um, I memorized it um, to help me uh, just uh, stay focused on the Lord. As for me, I will always have hope. This is from Psalm 71. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long. <clears throat> though I don't know how to relate to them all. I'll come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I'll proclaim, uh, whoops, I'll proclaim your righteous deeds, yours alone. Since my youth, God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation and your mighty acts to all who are to come. Your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens. You who have done great things, who is like you, God? Though you've made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. You will increase my honor and comfort me once more. And I, I know that when <clears throat> I memorized those things, I had no hope for the future. And um, God has been faithful. This is not the end of any story. And God is faithful. He keeps his promises. That's a great word. Bob, would you, it's uh, a great way to end. Great promise of hope and what God has. Would you mind closing us out just together in a time of prayer and maybe praying for and just over us and the relationships we have even here this morning? Um, my encouragement would be to, as we enter into this prayer, just remember how incredibly powerful the love of God is for us. Uh, he who gave his only son on the cross, will he not much more freely give us all things? This is not the end of the story. So let's enter in together. Come, Holy Spirit, do all that is in your heart. Our answer to you is yes. Lord, would you bless, anoint, set apart for your purposes every single person here, every married person here, all the dating couples, all the children. We want the answer of our lives, Lord, to be yes to you. And for these things, we will trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you give a hand? Just thank these guys for taking time to share. Just a reminder, Solomon's words, right? Catch the little foxes. It's the little foxes that spoil the vineyards. And so may the Lord just bring even to your mind the little things even in your relationships that you can deal with now before they become bigger things. Hey, as we close out this morning, I'm gonna ask that these couples, they're gonna be available just down here at the front. Our prayer team will be down here. And maybe there's something that they shared that resonates with you and just a word of encouragement to them. Or maybe just if you'd like some prayer or some anything they can do to support you, that's why they are here. And uh, we're grateful to do that. Remind you of two things that are coming up again, side B of mixtape uh, this Friday night. Plan on that, come on out. It's gonna be a great evening. Go out to drop your kids off, go out on a date. Uh, and again, anybody's welcome to join us later on for the concert and uh, just a fun night later on. It's gonna be a great time there. So mark your calendars for that. Other than that, I got just one last thing. I guess go Bengals. Uh, it's gonna be a great afternoon. Have a wonderful Super Bowl Sunday. We'll look forward to seeing you back next Sunday. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the Lex City Church podcast. If you would like to support ministries of Lex City, visit lexcity.church give.
Please subscribe and follow us on social media at Lex City Church for more encouraging teachings and content.